Okay, I want you to tell me if I'm right or not, but it's got to come from you. It can't come from me. Because okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't have any value coming from me. All right. But if I can get somebody else to say that they're as crazy as I am, then <laughs> everything will be okay. Then it'll be validated. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I don't. I think you do know what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, apparently you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about the inability of Brie Olson to smile while in character. Brie Larson? Yep, that's what I said. Okay. Uh, Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, she's... What did uh, I say? I think you said Olsen. Oh. Who's Brie Olsen? I don't know. I think she's a porn star. <laughs> Great. Um, Brie Larson. Yeah. Don't give me this red carpet. I just won an Oscar crap. I know. I get that. But every single movie role that she's ever taken, it's like it's she's unable to emote or smile. Like, it's a yes. long time ago, somebody told her, when you're acting... Okay, you sang and that was great and you, you danced around and you probably smiled then but now you're an actress uh-huh. so that means no teeth never yeah. going to see you smile everything you do is going to be sad you won your oscar for being sad <laughs> so it's all going to be sad or blank and i felt this for a long time yes. and i feel like i'm taking crazy pills and then finally something has happened I've seen this in a couple places, so I don't want to give specific credit to the place that I saw it because I don't know if it's theirs or not. And if it is, you'll find it, person out there. But there is a specific image of Captain Marvel um, that was drawn by David Lopez for the eighth series of Captain Marvel a couple of years ago for her her solo title. And it's her with a kind of a kind of smirky sort of look on her face, you know, like she's going to punch you or something like that. Right. And it's very f- front on of her. And so somebody has taken that image and then taken the Captain Marvel Brie Larson uh, cover of Entertainment Weekly where she is looking at the camera. Yes. And did a Spider-Man, Peter Parker, half and half type like thing. Like composite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on so on one side, on the artist's drawn side, you've got her, her, the corner of her mouth is curling up in a smile. Then you look at the Brie Larson side, straight line. Yes. Like, like on a... How are you feeling today? Like psychology uh, evaluation exam, you know, of right. like upside down <laughs> curve to right side up curve, sad to happy, right in the middle. Uh huh. Like just a straight line. No, I, I totally get where you're coming from. You are not crazy. Um, this is a. Is that her thing. interpretation? Because they're clearly they're invoking that cover, right? So they're I like, okay, so. Brie, you're going to be like this, right? You're going to show people that. You've got one up on them, and you're excited about all the good you're going to do and the butts you're going to kick. Right. But she no, doesn't not that. show that. Not what you're doing. Expression. Not that. Like flat, like like the flat earth horizon. Right. Because uh, I'm a flat earther, of course. <laughs> right? Yeah. And don't you think that, okay, but you got to say more than yeah. Because the whole point was that you have to say I, that this is, because you're a girl. I, and I, I'm, I'm a misogynist because I feel this stop. way. Stop. Um, I think she does not exude emotion as much as she could, period. Um, I think that this is an example of of that specifically caught on film because they were trying to evoke that particular drawing. Uh, and I'm guilty of it, too. She, One of, the only role that I like her in is in Scott Pilgrim where she plays Envy and the, her whole thing is just, she's just like, yeah, I'm just too cool for all this. And so she right. shows no emotion. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, I understand, I get it, but all of her other films, Room, Hard Time, Twelve, or whatever that one's called, they're all right. like, "I'm sad girl," 
And so do you think, so now it's not, I'm try, trying to blame her. I'm not trying to like accuse her of anything. I want to rescue her. I feel bad. Clearly she can feel human emotion. Right. But wouldn't she be happier in a job where she's able to do a lot of things, like experience right. a range of emotions? Well, you would think with Captain Marvel, there would be a range of emotions. I would think that with, and as we talked about last week, apparently Kevin Feige's push towards female heroes, you know, becoming prevalent in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. We've got to sell all of this on Captain Marvel. Congratulations, you beat Black Widow right. to the movie. You've got your own movie thing. Yes. And so, first female character title. And in we've Marvel. got half the cast is all leaving, as far as we understand. Right. So, you've got to sell audiences on another 10 years of Marvel movies. Right. And here's the lady to do it. Oh, she's having a bad day today. Never mind. <laughs> like, wouldn't he be there at that? With his hat on at that photo shoot for EW, like in the back going, hmm, come on, like Smile. this, like this, Smile and dial. Yeah. Show him. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Right. What? You would think so. No, we're going with this one. But That's she, the shot. I know. I know. And this is the one that says fun, quote unquote. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I don't see it. it I don't see it I mean, it I see either. it. I don't believe it. Um, I, I think the comparison shot just makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. Because. It makes me realize this is what they were going for, yeah. and then this is what they got, and they didn't—they didn't capture what the artist drew. And we're supposed you know? to get a trailer this week, I guess. Okay, uh, we'll be talking about it on the next show. Uh, the movie comes out uh, March 9th next year. We've seen in that EW piece a bunch of shots from the film, right? And we don't know what's going on in the scenes. No, nope. but it's the same thing. Yeah, it's just, you could just do a collage, same I, face. I know she's in her jet. Yes. Face. Same face. Sunglasses. She's in her nine inch nail shirt. Hat, hat same, on. Kevin same Feige thing. hat. Same yeah. face. Yep. <laughs> it just don't, it doesn't look, it's not very dynamic for a character no, who. No, it's not. Wears red, yellow, and blue and can fly and, and soar through the air and do all these. I mean, Marvel doesn't have a Superman. And no. I want to hear about the Sentry. The, the, she's their Superman, or they've made yes. her into their Superman. They've even beat Supergirl to the punch because yes. now DC. We'll talk about this in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, wants to do a bunch of Supergirl movies, a uh, mm-hmm. blonde haired girl in red, yellow, and blue. Right, exactly. Uh, who will wear pants? What do you think? We'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see. see. We'll see. Time will tell. But anyway, uh, so Marvel's beat them to that. Yes. But I bet Supergirl's going to smile. I bet she is too. I bet she's going to smile. I bet, I bet she's going <laughs> to smile on that poster as well. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> so um, I've tricked you. I've made you into a misogynist with me. Oh, stop. Because here we are telling a woman that she doesn't smile enough. Oh, that sounds so bad. <laughs> um, I don't feel like, okay, I just feel like. I want her to be happy in her actual life. That's what I'm worried about. Well, yeah, <laughs> I want her, her to career, be happy But in her career, as somebody too. who displays or embodies the emotions of a lot of people, you just think that she would have hit a movie where the idea is to be happy. Well, yeah, and I would think that Captain Marvel would be that movie well, because know. you are a superhero. You are saving Earth in the 90s. Plus, she's a lot like... prettier if she smiles. Oh, stop it. I've noticed this. Stop. Specific- about a lot of women, actually. Oh, about no. most women. All right, that's enough. Okay, all right. <laughs> that is enough, uh, at least for now, uh, on the Just Enough Throw podcast that you're now listening to. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hanna. And that's the kind of thing that we talk about on this show. We talk about movies. We talk about comic books. Uh, we talk about TV shows and books and music and all kinds of media, yep. genre media, if you will, mm-hmm. or nerdy media, however you want to say it. We True. bring you the news that's fit to cast from the world of nerdy entertainment. 
News like that, we'll have a little more news as we go on, um, specifically about the world of DC films. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this the other day. Okay. How was Justice League? I don't know. It was, was it okay. It was okay. I don't know. I only saw it the one time. Yeah. Um, I'll give it another chance, maybe. Yeah. So take a watch of Justice League mm-hmm. and see how we feel about it now that we're removed from it. Right. And uh, kind of like how it holds up. So I think we'll talk about that today. Uh, talking about that on the heels of some fairly big news, which is that, as far as anybody seems to know. Henry Cavill is out at DC yes. as Superman. Yeah. Which is huge. Um, I, I, so I think we are seeing the departure not only of Henry Cavill, but also of Ben Affleck, because he has reportedly been trying to get out of the role of Batman for some time now. Well, and also he's shacked up in rehab right now. Yeah, that's also true. And I mean, he'll probably be out before anything gets moving on whatever the next step is or whatever right. they want to do. But... With him clearly undergoing, you know, just suffering pressure and probably just wanting to step away for a while. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, Snyder's in the same position because uh, of personal issues. Right. Um, the whole, th- it's not like it's all going great. You get healthy and come back and we'll just keep kicking ass. No. And it wasn't going good to begin with. No, it wasn't. And you've got uh, now Henry Cavill is apparently uh, out. I think it says something when two of your leads are wanting to be out. Yeah, poor Gal Gadot. Yeah, I know. like, I want to make more of these movies. I know, exactly. What's, what's going on? And Jason Momoa as well. I mean, he's got Aquaman coming out pretty soon here. Yeah. So Yeah, and that's the thing about this. To me, it just feels like, okay, Justice League, the film, could have been the capper. Like, mm-hmm. we it, we didn't do great. We made it. We stumbled across the finish line. Right. Now we can just go, okay, well, we'll just find a bunch of new actors that we don't have to pay as much money. Right. Uh, we'll get some new creative uh, control here and just start over. But got all these things that are going to come out still. We've got Aquaman. We've got, got Wonder, uh, Woman, Wonder Woman 2. I don't know where they're at on Suicide Squad 2, but that's or the Flash. still a thing. I, the Flash, they're nowhere. So that's okay. not a problem. There just won't all be right. a Flash movie now. Um, the Which Margot Robbie Harley Quinn project. Right. Uh, we'll talk in a little bit about the uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker project. Mm-hmm. It's a mess, man. It is a mess. It's and one thing to come out in your hat, your black hat and your black blazer, mm-hmm. and show everybody a slate of 12 movies, five of which will never become movies. But yet, right. you've still got plenty of movies mm-hmm. with a non-smiling woman going to be in them. Right. That's, you know, that's, ignore our mistakes because we're still going. And also, we bought our competitor, so we're still going. Right. But DC is just, tech. I mean, yes, they're competing against Marvel, but they, don't, they have no one to compete against in their own properties. Yep. Marvel had to make movies that were better than mutant movies which is technically their property yes so dc has no competition and yet they cannot get out of their own way they are stumbling uh to keep up and uh to to keep things together i think yeah um i I mean we keep adding to um what's going to be on their streaming channel but as far as like films in the movie theater we're really struggling um like you said, Aquaman and Wonder Woman 2 are, I think, are for sure things. But other than that... Yeah, they're done. I think other than that, it's kind of up in the air. Yeah, and in the meantime, DC TV is 
It's never derailing. Right. It's never derailing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll talk about DC Universe and how that might derail right. on TV, but we'll get to all that later. Uh, and then one other thing, just apropos of nothing, but I am already looking forward to the late November release of The Favorite, oh, the new yes. film by Yorgos Lanthimos. Mm -hmm. Why are we talking about it now? <laughs> I, had, I don't know. I have no idea. But... I love Yorgos Lanthimos films. Yep. Maybe as an entree to me doing something else, maybe some video content or just some other kind of, you know, feature or something. I wanted to start talking about Yorgos Lanthimos films as I'm kind of introducing them to you. Sure. Because you have not seen them. And That's I am right. rectifying that. <laughs> and so I thought we would talk about, it's not his first film, but it's really his first, the first film that anybody noticed that he was doing something. Sure. Uh, a film that he made in 2009 that was a, I can't remember the French words, but it's a, a selection of regard. You know, it's like a special gold star prize sure. at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, the film Dogtooth. Mm -hmm. um, or Kaino Dento Dentata or something like that. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Uh, so we'll be talking about that just a little bit. Right. In a segment I like to call Yorgos, I Hardly Know Gorgos. <laughs> Or something, and plenty of yogurt jokes coming up. How you oh doing? Oh boy, I'm I'm doing well, Cal. And it's still kind of hot, which is like <laughs> it's never surprising. Not be hot. I know. It's never gonna be hot. We I know. Just every week, uh, a thermometer update. We'll go to the thermometer. I I, I kind of like that idea. Actually. Like we're going to weather. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking a um, anthropomorphic um, thermometer. Okay. Um, like a frog or something. Mr. Fahrenheit. <laughs> right. A frog. I don't know. I'm just picturing a frog for some reason. <laughs> is it a WB thing? Yes. Is it a... Oh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, is it a... Uh, we're in a cold studio that suddenly gets hotter and we don't realize <laughs> until it's boiling? <laughs> is it that kind of thing? Uh, maybe a little bit of You both. want your temperature update guy to be a frog. I yeah. think that, that it works. I think subconsciously that's kind of what you were doing. Yeah. Uh -huh. But then he would be very bad at his job because we'd ask him what the temperature was. And he's like, oh, I don't really don't really notice. <laughs> you know, and with the first couple times and then like the last couple times we'd ask him, he'd be like, it's really hot. <laughs> this French man is licking his lips and he's got butter. Oh, my goodness. Um, no, that's snails. Whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the news. So we were talking about DC films before. We're going to keep talking about DC films okay. as we go here. But I wanted to mention really fast um, a note that uh, Todd Phillips, the director of The Hangover and the director of the up upcoming uh, Joker film that doesn't have a title yet, okay. has shared a picture on his Insta, 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 blah, blahs, Insta, guys, yeah. Insta tubes of Arthur, Joaquin Phoenix's character from this upcoming film. Okay. And you can find this online. Uh, Mika's seeing it right now. I, I am. He looks uh, very forlorn, and he, he looks like he's got sallow cheeks, and um, he's uh, kind of skeletal in a way. Um, wow, you're getting sunken, artistic. Sunken cheeks. Um, he sunken just eyes. looks like a loser. Yeah. He's got like a ripstop members-only jacket on, and he's got the greasy, limp hair mm -hmm. of a person who's not doing well in a hollywood movie right and i think the rest of it is just his face i think you're just insulting up walking phoenix oh, at this point okay <laughs> sorry walking phoenix and yeah and uh <laughs> real fast i'm not trying to be ableist or anything like that but you kind of when you are casting a character mm -hmm. 
who 50% of the character is his mouth. Right. And you cast a guy who has a pr- prominent scar <laughs> on his lip. Oh, boy. Yeah, Are you going to play that up? Are you going to do anything I with that? I think you have you to. You don't have to. I mean, we just ignore it anyway, but... I think you kind of have to play say. into it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that is um, his the image that they've shared. We don't know a lot about this movie, although we know that um, De Niro is, I think, 90% there to, to be in this thing. Okay. Which is kind of a reference itself, because De Niro, of course, was in um, the film King of Comedy, where he um, kidnaps like a talk... He's a comedian, kind of crappy comedian, who kidnaps a talk show host uh, to try cool. to become more famous. Oh, boy. And in this movie, he's playing a talk show host. Okay. So it's like, well, Todd Phillips... If you wanted, nobody, everybody said no to your King of Comedy remake, huh? But yeah. if you put the Joker in it, then suddenly you can do a King of Comedy remake. Right. So that seems like what it's going to be. Okay. Uh, DC has said that this is not connected at all to their DC Universe films. Okay. So, so this I'm is like, a standalone Joker movie. Why are you doing it then? Yeah. <sighs> Lots of questions. I want some thoughts. You've drank um, all the water you're going to need now. Tell me some, your thoughts. Um, I... <sighs> I just wonder if the Joker can carry a movie all on his own. I mean, he is definitely a strong enough character, but... It's an origin story, though. Oh, boy. Gotta find out how the Joker became the Joker. I don't I don't need to find that out. Yeah, I don't care. Um, and I think he's only as good as the sum of his parts. And you wanna know how I got these scars? Here's how I got these scars. Oh, jeez. Like this. I know. <laughs> Great. I think he is better utilized with Batman in the film. Because he plays off of Batman. If Batman isn't around, you don't like that Darth Vader is... comic, the Marvel one. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. It's not bad. Yeah. But even in that, though, they've had to turn him into a hero, and it's like I don't want to see Darth Vader as a hero. I He's want not him a hero. Trying He's a bad to track guy. down the rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the rebel scum. Um, right. You I mean the Joker is an evil guy, um, and I think. He he believes he needs Batman and Batman needs him. Yeah. Um, and I like seeing that relationship and that dichotomy and playing off of each other. And if we don't have that, I mean, what? who are we following for? Are we rooting for the Joker? We're following Arthur. Okay. Here's the thing. He won't even be the Joker until the last 10 minutes of the movie or whatever. Oh. And I think he'll be really great because he's Joaquin Phoenix. Right. And we'll wish we had an entire film of where Joaquin Phoenix was the Joker. Joker. Yeah. <laughs> and Christian Bale or somebody or or Ben Affleck was trying to stop him. Yeah. We're not going to get that. No. So why make a movie that just reminds you of what we're not getting? Yeah. Todd Phillips is it's fine, whatever. He's the hangover hangover guy. If you just wanted to make a cartoon or a comic book movie, fine. But mm-hmm. he's talking about how like well, it's really, you know, it's a parable about a man that's rejected by society and how, you know, it's a commentary on it. Don't, this is a, don't, this is a comic book movie. Who cares? Right. Why are you doing that? Why are you putting all this effort into it to make it something higher it than it It just sounds like, is? oh, it's real edgy. This is like, yeah. And this it's like, you're important. not the guy to do that. Yeah. You're the hangover guy. Right. You're not a cultural, social sensitivity filmmaker. No, you're a good time. You're no Yorgos Lanthem. No, I don't <laughs> We'll get there. So anyway, we'll see. Um. Yeah, we talked about uh, Henry Cavill, of course, before. Um, nobody knows, and I don't think as of when we're recording this, there's been any real um, update. Um, all we know is that there was a rumor that it was happening, and uh, he was going, and then he posted a video on his Instagram. Now, I want to point something out. Okay. We have a strange ability. 
All right. Maybe it's the flux capacitor that I installed on my Zoom recorder. But when we talk about somebody, things happen to them. So yeah. we say, talk about Margot Kidder, and she dies like the next week. Yeah. Last week we were talking about Henry Cavill and his creepy ways. Yeah. And now he's out at Warner Brothers. Right. Um, which, I mean, I saw a piece or two, but has not... There has not been rending of garments and lamentations that Henry Cavill's gone. People are just like, oh, yeah. I know. You would think that people would be upset about it or, you know, have opinions about it at the yeah. very least. Like when Terrence Howard, you know, left uh, the Iron Man 2 sequel. <laughs> did, did, um, were people upset no, about that? No. no. Okay. no. People didn't care. <laughs> and people don't seem to care about this. No. But anyway, he responded in an appropriately creepy way. What do you do? He was wearing a shirt that said Krypton, and then he had this Superman doll that he slowly lifted up into the film as he was filming. Yeah. And what was the song? It was in? Blue Danube with, but by dogs. Yeah. It was like, na-na-na-na-na, roof, 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 roof. Which just makes it weirder. It was very what? bizarre. What? And I have absolutely no freaking idea what he was trying to I let us know. I think he was trying to be funny. It's not funny. I think he was trying to it's be funny. It's just weird. I think he was told not to say anything. Otherwise, he would have come on and said like, hey, everybody, you know, thanks for your support. I know you've been hearing some stuff and, you know, don't worry about that. You know, I want to say thank you to all my fans. Just something really stupid. And then if, right. if he wants to be funny, start up the video and he's got like a fake mustache on. And you go, oh, oh, and like pull the mustache off. And then right. you're like, hey, everybody, you know, there you go. I can write that. Henry, call me. Right. But instead, I think he was told to say nothing. And so he's saying nothing, but he's still commenting. And he's the kind of person. He's a bubble person. We've talked about this. I think we talked about it last week. He's, you know, the John Hamm's character from 30 Rock. Like, he's good looking. He's he's never been told that he's not funny. I bet uh -huh. his 18-year-old girlfriend thought that video was, was hilarious. Right. And so that's what we're looking at here. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I still haven't seen Mission Impossible 6. So no. depending on, you know, what happens to his character at the end of that, he he doesn't need a job. You know, right. he's fine. Right. So, yeah. Well, and he's going to be in Witcher, so he obviously <laughs> doesn't need a job. He should have held up a Gerald action figure. <laughs> what he should have done and the weird thing is i don't know who makes these figures but i think the figure had a black panther sticker on it what well That's it's like a weird. doll sometimes you know your your figure will it'd be like oh it's a figure of captain america but there's a sticker on all of them that shows the articulation like black panther's like doing the watusi or something like that and they're okay. showing you here's what our figures can do you know they're not just statues sure so i think maybe this company i don't know i may have to look closer but it could be that this company makes a lot of figures, DC and Marvel type stuff. I see. So it's got a Black Panther thing on there. So That's it's also weird. a reminder that you guys, you got to later for doing. this stuff. You guys yeah. got to figure out what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Well, somebody knows what they're doing. Yeah. It's Venom. Oh, boy. How does this even work anymore? I don't, I don't know. This is Sony, right? Mm -hmm. So they're just standing all alone by themselves. Yep. <laughs> making these movies that have a tangential connection to Spider-Man. Yep. Do they... The deal was just for Spider-Man that they made with Marvel, right? I think so. So do they... They don't have to email Kevin Feige or talk to anybody. They just make their I movie. I don't think so. Okay. Well, anyway, they're yeah. making their movie. Yeah. Uh, it's an hour and 52 minutes long. Okay. And it is going to be PG-13. I think people were surprised by this and actually a little alarmed. Like, why is this Bond movie going to be PG-13? 
uh, Venom. Venom. The Spawn Whoa, movie will sorry. be R if it ever gets made. <laughs> okay, sorry. Venom. Why is it going to be PG-13? Because um, it's a Marvel comic book. And even though he says he's going to eat brains, like we never actually see him eat brains. And you got a guy like Tom Hardy who is definitely adds a level of um, maturity to stuff. Mm-hmm. But he also, you know, got his start in Star Trek movies. And it was the darkest Star Trek movie, though. Yeah. It had bat creatures and, and mind rape. and <laughs> oh, Great. So, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. They'll, they'll push the limits of PG-13. Yeah, but, for sure they will. But look at this thing. It's got Jenny Slade in it. Like, how seriously are they I taking know. this? I'm not, I'm not really. Well, I am worried. I'm not worried about being worried about this. No. Ding. That's on the poster. <laughs> Venom. I'm not worried about worrying about it. it. I mean, it looks weird and creepy, so I think they've got that going for them. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, hey, speaking of weird and creepy. Yeah? Is he? I don't know. I think he's probably fine. Uh, Aaron Paul, uh, formerly of, I guess he's been on the path for a while now, that Amazon show. So we'll give him that one. But of okay. course, everybody remembers him from Breaking Bad. Of course. He will be joining Westworld for season three. I heard about that. Um, okay. Uh, good for him. Uh, we don't know I, anything. Because of course know. we don't. Because it's HBO. Um, I have no idea what role he'll be playing. Um, I don't know. He could be... I mean, they're a kind guy of in a suit. chaos. White guy in a suit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Probably. But they're kind of in chaos right now, so we'll see how they re-collaborate for another season. We, we think they're going to, like, take over the world. West world. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's my theory. Okay. So uh, I'm sure he'll get fired now that we have talked about him. Oh, uh, no. Speaking of HBO... Uh, good news for the His Dark Materials uh, adaptation that's okay. in the works yeah. from um, the BBC and Bad Wolf, mm-hmm. uh, the production company behind Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yep. Who is going to make a, it's going to be um, like 16 episodes or so, like two seasons of eight se- uh, episodes. Okay. Uh, right. Two series. Okay. Whatever they say in England. Right. Uh, HBO has come on board as a distributor. Oh, really? This is huge news. That is huge news. We just got done talking about Westworld. Yeah. And it's going to join the likes of Westworld, okay. uh, presumably, uh, on HBO. Okay. Well, that's that's huge news. Um, so are we going to see uh, Count What's-His-Name's dick? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, this I is, hope not. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is an adaptation. We're taking a kid's book <laughs> and we're adapting it for HBO. I don't know. Anything's <laughs> possible. I mean, HBO... Is HBO. Yeah. Ding. You're I'm just right. filling up the posters today. Yeah. Uh, and they don't do uh, kid stuff, you know? No, you're right. Even if they do, uh, like, vice principles, like, you've got to get right. some uh, eastbound and down boobs in there or something like that. So, yeah. w- you know, what's it going to be? Yeah, this is a good question. Isn't um, Sesame Street on HBO nowadays? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, I two, just, uh, 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 yeah. two nipples. Oh my gosh. So I kind of wonder if they're going to handle it more like Sesame Street or if it's going to be more like their regular fair and we're going to have tits and ass and all sorts of things. Keep to talking. Look forward to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the answer, uh, but I think that with this and combined with, uh, like you said, Sesame Street, um, it seems like they really are stretching out for uh, looking for uh, kids programming. Yeah. Lord Asriel, that's what it is. Okay. Played by James McAvoy. Really? Now, hold on. Okay. 
after Atomic Blonde, a film which honestly d- did nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did okay business. Uh, it's just another in like a long line of like, oh, yeah, that's in a pretty good. See, you can adapt a comic book that isn't like a superhero thing. Sure. And it could be okay. Mm-hmm. And it kind of kept, um, what's her name's? Charlie Saron? No, I know who Charlie Saron is. Oh, okay. Um, Mummy Girl. Oh, yeah, I know. Kind of kept about. her going. Yeah. But she's still, what was she in Hotel Artemis? Like, she's yes. kind of done. Charlie's already had Mad Max as her. Um, her bona fides as uh, an action hero heroine. Yes. Same thing with uh, the Deadpool directors or whatever. Like they were, they're fine. They're doing John Wicks and stuff like that. Sure. So it basically was just extra. Like nobody really remembers it. It wasn't that great. There might be a sequel. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like a cinematic ellipses. <laughs> yeah. But the basically. one thing that it did for me was develop. I don't think it restored. It actually built faith in James McAvoy for me. Okay. I've never liked him in anything. <laughs> All right. And he's a guy who, maybe it's because he's getting older, but he's like an actor who's just like, right. as somebody who, uh, am I still an actor? I don't even know. Uh, but as somebody who was trained as an actor and was an actor for a long time, yeah, and probably was this himself, uh, himself being me, myself, uh, you see people working way too hard. Sure. You know, absolutely. You give a Hamlet to a 23 year old guy and he is going to, you know, chew the scenery, saw overly the air with his hand, Mm -hmm. uh, even as he's saying that speech in Hamlet. Right. Uh, And that's just been him. Like everything he does, he's already naturally bug eyed. His eyes are bugging out. (laughs) Yeah. He's sweating. He's throwing himself around. And, (laughs) And now that he's getting older, he's somebody must have like Lawrence Olivier the ghost of Lawrence Olivier must have came to him and said <laughs> try acting my boy you know it's so much right. simpler um, and in Atomic Blonde he's a guy who's like coked out of his mind and he's playing both sides and he's doing all this stuff he could have even done that and there was a lot of like real good subtle uh, sort of uh, subtle <laughs> just said subtle uh, The Subtle Knife that's one of the books in the, right. uh, His Dark Materials um, Sinister that's the word I'm looking for and it was an S word uh, work from him and then when it was time for him to, to bug out he bugged out yeah no I would agree with you so I we am... saw an actual performance out of him yes mm-hmm. well we saw um, a tempered performance mm-hmm. and so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with Lord Asriel a character that is very reserved uh, he was played by Daniel Craig the last time that he was on screen okay so, sure uh, and talk about a guy who a long time ago learned when to freak out and when to not because Daniel Craig can totally freak out. Yeah, he can. But he's been playing Bond now for many years. And yeah. so that's not a real freak out kind of kind yeah. of situation. So anyway, um, we've talked about this for too long. But uh, yeah, it looks like it's uh, it's going to be pretty good. They got okay. some good directors lined up for it. Uh, Ruth Wilson uh, and Lin-Manuel Miranda are going to be in it. Okay. Um, not sure about those two necessarily, but I don't have any sp- <laughs> uh, specific... Uh, objections to that no. so um, do it fix it fix it we saw the film it wasn't good um it seemed like there was oh, okay we for the next two there ain't no next no, two there's no more next two <laughs> so i say fix it yeah um do you think lynn morale miranda will be singing they'll okay so he's playing a cowboy we already this is like the wonder woman thing scrap the entire dc universe keep gal gadot as wonder woman sure we're good sorry Ezra Miller, you know, I thought right. you were fine. I like the guy who plays Cyborg. We'll get to that in a second. 
Um, that's what they should have done with uh, this. Keep uh, Sam Elliott <laughs> as Lee Scoresby, right? Because he's the per- he's the the er- ultimate er cowboy. Yes. Um, and said it's going to be a Puerto Rican guy. So I don't know. All right. <laughs> but but he is a cowboy. So at one point, his rabbit will get on his shoulder. He'll be sitting next to a campfire and he'll be like, y'all mind if I sing a little ditty? And he'll <laughs> sing a little cowboy song and we'll just we'll stop for that. Okay. Hold our breath. All right. It'll be over soon. All right. That's what I think. Sounds good. No opinion from you. you say, um, Sounds good. I Well, I, I don't have any strong opinion about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, I'm not a huge Hamilton fan, so sorry, <gasps> all the Hamilton fans out there. Um, but um, I don't have anything against him, so I'm um, yeah. willing to see how it plays out. Yeah, me too. Here's something that I'm watching to see how it plays out. Apparently, the uh, uh, moving from HBO to Stars, yeah. the second season of American Gods is in a lot of trouble. Oh boy, is a it lot ever? Because Brian Fuller is not back, and I heard that Gillian Anderson was out. Yes, uh, that is correct. Uh, Michael Green and Brian Fuller quit over budgetary issues. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Gillian uh, Anderson quit because uh, she wanted to work with Brian Fuller. Once he was right. gone, she was out, and it's like, well, right. that's what contracts are for. Yeah, I know. I mean, she's. No offense. Love her. Yeah. Look at the absolutely. shrine. It's right over there. Yeah. But how do they not get her to sign I, a long term contract? Yeah, She's I not know. that big. I know. Uh, anyway, maybe she was like, I don't know. The, the production company's behind it all. You don't know who's working for what and who's getting paid off of what. And so she knew that there was right. possibly more X Files in the future. Now we know there will never be any more X Files. Right. And that's good. That's for the best. Mm-hmm. But maybe there was some kind of thing like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just one season. But anyway, it doesn't matter. She can make her face look like anything. So it'll just be somebody else. Right. But you got to get somebody who is TV royalty. Yes. Like her. So who do we replace Jillian Anderson with? This is more fun than me telling you that Jesse Alexander, the person that was hired to replace uh, uh, Brian Fuller as the showrunner, is now also out at the show. So. Oh, boy. Um, let's do that instead. <laughs> Um, Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox <laughs> would be good. Because um, you can't get Aniston, but you can get Courtney Cox. Yeah. What about, um, what's her name? Caroline in the City. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Leah, Leah Thompson? Yeah. She's not really like TV royalty. I mean, you don't, don't get me wrong. So? Uh, seven wonderful seasons of Caroline in the City. Like, <laughs> she was in that city. Um. Trying to think who else. A woman um, who has graced the. T- I mean, she appears initially as Lucy. If yes. Lucille Ball could come back to life, yes, you would cast Lucille Ball for this, right? But instead, Absolutely. you cast Julianne Anderson. Um, Who's uh, Juliana Margulies? Sir, no, no, um, Mariska Hardigay. Oh, okay. Sure. Eighteen seasons of SVU or whatever. Sure. No, I don't watch SVU, but. Many f- people know her face better than their own mothers. Yeah, that's very true. So yeah, no, that'd like be that. good. You introduce her, dun dun. She's like, <laughs> pulls her sunglasses off. Yep. None of these things are on SVU. <laughs> I'm th- I don't know. I don't really know about SVU. Anyway, uh, so it's bad news. Uh, he hasn't technically been fired. He's just been cut off from the production. That's not good. So like, they haven't announced that he's fired. But they don't. Oh, he's not being allowed like on set or. <laughs> that's pretty much you've been fired then. That's as called. Far as I'm concerned. That's called. We don't want another story about having fired a showrunner. Right. So, apparently, Neil Gaiman is up in the Kool Aid on this one. 
Really? He is. He has clashed with uh, the production and also, I think, with Fuller with the directions that they're taking with the show. Because, as you know, somebody's read the book. Yeah. They are taking departures from the book. Yeah. And apparently, Gaiman doesn't like that. HBO, or excuse me, Stars also doesn't like that. But they don't like it in a different way. <laughs> I think they just don't like the budgetary overruns. Okay. Well, that would make sense. And so, it's just everybody hates everybody. It's a Mexican standoff. It's a it's a, it's a Quetzalcoatl standoff. Got to put a Mexican god in there. Oh boy! So, I mean, bad news. It is bad news, and I I really enjoyed the first season, so I don't know. It's it's upsetting to me because I kind of wonder if the second season's even going to happen at this. Point. Well, they're sh- shooting, as far as okay. I know. So All something's right. going to happen. All right. It's TV. They'll work it out. Okay. You always work TV out. It's movies that fall apart. Yeah, that's true. Well, that from bad news to really bad news, Uh-oh. do you know who Fan Bingbing is? I do not. She is a actress from China. Okay. Uh, who has done a few films over here. Probably most notably, I think she played Blink in the Days of Future Past film. Okay. Um, I don't even know if she had a speaking role or okay. a line. They're coming. Right. And then, oh, there you go. Right. But anyway, uh, she's, um, by all accounts, a great actress. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to, this isn't a hit piece on her. Okay. But I think that you, seeing the inclusion of famous Chinese actors in a lot of American releases these days is about reciprocation for Chinese funding. Sure. The Meg is paid for 100% by Alibaba or, or whatever. Right. And so, therefore, it's set off the coast of Beijing, a shark mm-hmm. is attacking China. Right. It's great to see. I'm not complaining. It's great to see something fresh. It's not just attacking Maine or right. L.A. or something like right. that. But you understand, you know, why you have a scene where Iron Man lands in China. Right. And they're like, thank you, Iron Man. I love Chinese products or whatever. And then flies. Off. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's, that's why we see that sort of thing. So anyway, nobody has seen or heard from her in three and a half, four weeks. Oh, that's not good. That's really bad. Yes. She has disappeared. People don't just disappear, though. Actually, it's been more. It's been since, like, June or so, I think. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, that's really terrifying. Um, nobody knows what it is, although you have to remember that she does live in China, which is a regime. And yeah. they can still do and do do whatever they want to you. And this <sighs> uncovers a problem that happens a lot it's actually it's just a tradition in china uh that taxes in china are very high and a lot of entertainment productions have two sets of books they have like a contract for the actor that gets reported to the government and then there's another contract which is like what they're really getting paid oh and so a lot of people think that and she's not the only person that does this, but a lot of people think that this has to do with something like that. This happened to um, an actor early in the, earlier in this year, I think, or maybe last year. Uh, okay. Somebody disappeared and then showed up later. Um, they're okay, but they're also like indicted for like tax evasion and that sort of thing. Really? But it hasn't happened to somebody who's been in an X Men movie, <laughs> which is why we're talking about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's really scary. Um, I hope she's okay. Uh, I hope. She is, and I hope we find out what happened to her. Yeah, because me too. Uh, she's not around. That's really, like I said, that's terrifying. That could be a movie in itself. Yes. 
Interestingly, um, Beijing Normal University, uh, which is a... Um, well, it depends on how you look at it, but it's kind of a front for the government, I think. Okay. Ranked the country's stars for their level of social responsibility. Now, okay. in the West, and don't get me wrong, I'm wearing my SJW shirt right now. Like, Stop. Social responsibility means something different to me than it does to people in a communist regime, right? Right. To me, social responsibility sounds like just being a good person and being socially responsible. Right. It means paying your taxes when you're under the state and the fatherland. Do you know okay. what I mean? So yeah. she scored a zero out of 100 on social responsibility. Really? Yes. Oh, boy. That's not good. Yeah. So hopefully we're going to see her again. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I guess we'll keep some updates on that. Okay. Uh, how do we get out of this in a fun way? <laughs> Why didn't Iron Man save her? I don't know. Iron Man, they've got Blink. <laughs> Help her. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who let the dogs out? When the party was nice, the party was nice. Your ghost, I hardly know her ghost. Oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the work of Yorgos Lanthimos. Ever heard of him? Um, I've heard of him from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. You talk about him quite a bit. I, um, I have friends who like movies <laughs> and I'm kind of plugged into, uh, movie news and, you know, I mean, clearly, uh, and I don't hear a lot of people talk about Yorgos Lanthimos and I'm okay. trying to change that. All right. Uh, he is a Greek filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking into his background, and it's weird. There's kind of, That's as you'd expect, not surprising. For well, some reason. <laughs> I don't mean it's like weird. I just mean it's not like your typical. It's not like he made commercials in Greece. Okay. He was also uh, involved in the music scene and was a photographer. And so he, there's this kind of art, you know, media kind of culture intelligentsia in Greece, as there is anywhere else, you mm-hmm. know. And there's this kind of like punk rock movement uh, of like Greek. Uh, creators right now sure and so he's kind of part of that okay he's a young guy i think he's probably in his mid-30s um and he is um i don't know where he studied but i saw an interview with him and he speaks you know perfect english so um he's definitely like well traveled sure this is um uh this movie was in greek Mm -hmm. um and his next movie that we'll talk about because we are going to get there, uh, is in Greek as well. But now he's making, quote-unquote, Hollywood films. Right. But not establishment Hollywood films. Right. And his next movie is going to be on Netflix. Okay. <sighs> Which is I'm not, not super excited, excited about, about but, you know, whatever. Uh, Emma Stone must have cut a big Netflix deal. I guess so. But we can talk about that some other time. Yeah. Uh, and this movie we're talking about is Dogtooth, released in 2009. Mm-hmm. It uh, was a... It was... Nominated for the Golden Palm, didn't win, but did get a um, certain you know, regard prize, whatever mm-hmm. that term right. is. What happens in this film? Oh, boy. It's about a very strange family. Um, and uh, they are very sheltered. Um, their father is the only one who really leaves the house. Um, and he goes to work. And uh, they... They are told like certain words mean certain things. Um, they have certain games that they play with each other to pass the time. There's three siblings, two girls and a boy. And they're, um, the movie description says teens, but it, they're probably early 20s. Um, and 
Uh, they're very competitive with each other. They compete in lots of different competitions to get stickers from their father. Um, they have to request that he buys things for them. Uh, they, um, they have a pool, so they do lots of different competitions with the pool, like holding their breath. Um, it's hard to say exactly what happens in this movie. <laughs> Um, it was a little experiment for me because, like you, you and your uh, your obsessively detailed plot recaps, like yeah. recap, recap a movie with no plot. <laughs> Let's see you do it. I mean, I'm set you up on a Hodorowski film next, right? It's it's kind of like so. The oldest girl is she's kind of the the quote unquote troublemaker, but she's also the quote unquote like most curious one. I would kind of say, and she pushes the envelope a lot. And gets in trouble for it a lot. Um, and Except for the violence and sex. Yeah. Could this film be done with three actual children? How would you see it differently? How would it come off differently? Oh, gosh. It's definitely stranger because it's three adults. Yes. Or, you know, 19, 20-year-olds. But I think full they're... Full-grown children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, without the violence and the sex, okay. Um, I suppose they could do it that way with the actual kids, and it would be kind of creepy in a way, too. Um, like a Lord of the Flies yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, just thought of that for some reason. Yeah. Why is this happening? Oh, what's the dog tooth? Dog tooth is supposedly when your dog tooth is loose, then you are... Your canine tooth. Yeah. You are old enough or more mature mature enough to leave the house. Right. And you can leave the house via the car. Right. Uh, and they are taught this from a very young age. Right. So. And it's like we never understand why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, take note, Todd Phillips. Uh, but it you can assume... Or if you have to assume something in order to to make sense as a viewer, you you have you assume that it's some type of psychological or sociological experiment by the father. Mm-hmm. Like, why is he doing this? Right. He's taken three human beings mm-hmm. and he has raised them completely separately from society. Yes. And he has twisted their perceptions of all sorts of things. Yes. They think that airplanes are tiny little toys. Now that's a lot of his things, and the movie is very good at doing this subtly. A lot of the things that he tells them, um, the malapropisms and things like that, are specifically designed to deaden their interest in an outside world. They don't understand there's an outside world. Right. So a plane would naturally connote, oh, there are people who are free and there is a world outside. They're flying. Yeah, Yeah. but if they they just go, oh, I think the plane fell and they throw a plane toy in the yard, then they don't understand what that is. Right. They're given a list of words at the beginning of the film and we assume, you know, every day on this tape recorder and there are words like motorway. That's got to mean something else because these kids can't know, a highway basically, they can't know that there's other things. You know, there's a, it's, I, Kind of like Chekhov, <laughs> one of the words is like gun or like carbine, uh, which they don't need to know what a gun is, you know, and right. I thought that maybe that was going to suggest something, but there is no gun in this movie. Thank God. This Thankfully. is the kind of film that we need a gun in the no, third act. No, there's enough violence And that never happens. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of violence in it. And so, yeah, and there's like words like 
you know, there's a sexual connotation, you know, that they tell them mean different things because they don't need to know about that. Right. They have a phone, but they hide it from the kids because yep. the kids don't need to have any way of reaching. I mean, they're being tortured. This is yeah. torture. Uh-huh. Uh, this is like finding out, you know, finding the kid that was raised by wolves, you know, in the uh, in the forest or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we don't understand why this is being done, but it doesn't matter. Right. Because you two or three scenes in, you accept the reality of it. And you feel what they must feel, at least some part of them, because this is just their lives, but also the horror and the dread that comes with every single day. Every time a new scene starts, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, now what? What's going to happen now? And the way that uh, Lanthimos punctuates things with like the swift and blinding violence of things, like you know that these kids, it's one thing if kids are like you took my toy and then one hits the other how much damage are they going to do right but like if one of these kids is mad at the other one they're full adults with large bodies who run and get butcher knives yes. and cut their siblings yes and we see that they all have like scars and you know of suggestions of horrible things that have happened to them mm-hmm. because this is not how you raise adults with no personal responsibility they're right. infantilized kids yes oh man and then as <laughs> what you're done? Um, <laughs> we got so much farther to go. I know. Well, then what? And I don't, a, I don't think it's. I think I know where you're going. I don't think okay. uh, it's spoiling anything to say. We'll try not to spoil things. Uh, okay. To say that a snake is allowed into this Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. if you will, in the form of a cat. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about the cat? Yeah. That's not where I was gonna go, but oh, okay. we can talk about the cat. <laughs> a cat comes into their yard, and they've never seen it one before, and. They freak out, and their brother gets some gardening shears and just attacks the crap out of this cat. And it's horrifying. And the father tells them this story. He comes home. Mother has told him about what has happened. He cuts up his clothes, puts fake blood on it, and talks about how the cats are evil and they eat children. Right. And... um. You know, it's good that they caught one and all this stuff and like. Right. Did he say that like he got attacked by one or something like that? Did he explain why he was all cut up? Yeah, I think that was okay. what it was all about. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't sure if it was the brother's cat or what have you. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that they tell them that they there's this. They have a brother. Yes. Who lives outside the walls of this compound. Yeah. And they never see him. But it's clear that. There, this all goes to. Well, let's just talk about what the, what the movie is about. It it subtly suggests that it's about whatever the thing is with the with the patriarch of this family. Mm-hmm. He's worried about quote unquote bad influences. Right now, in a very animal farmian kind of way, some are more equal than others. He and his wife, the mother are allowed to. I mean, he works, you know, in the outside world, mm-hmm. and. They eat chocolate. I don't see the kids ever get any chocolate. No. Um, you know, they watch pornography, you know, and, and they enjoy a... It's, it's weird. There are some steps that are maybe a little too weird, far on the weird scale in this movie. Yeah. Like, couldn't they just have regular sex instead of like, let's put on our weird headphones, headphones and then have this passionless sex? Yeah. But anyway, they enjoy normal, quote unquote, normal lives, and yet they restrict their children from having these lives and one of the ways that they keep their curiosity down is they tell the kids that they have a brother who you can speculate on if there ever was another brother but I don't think it really matters and he lives outside and so they use him as the 
they pin things on him. So they say like, oh, maybe they, we, we don't see in the film, but maybe they told them, you don't want to finish your peas? Well, your brother didn't want to finish his peas, and now he lives outside the thing. Right, exactly. But we see the kids like throwing bread, you know, and, or like cake to him and yes. thinking that they're helping him that he's out there. And finally yep. the parents realize, all right, this doesn't work. So we'll just say that the brother was killed by a cat. No more brother. We don't have to worry about that. Right. But they assume that they can just... There's a subplot where the dad is having a dog trained and it's like, all right, we get it. The kids are the dogs. We understand that. You could have the kids all on all fours barking at the climax. Yep. And maybe that's the mistake of a first time filmmaker (laughs) or an early in his career filmmaker. But we get it. Right. But the parents aren't good at this because they don't. They think that they can do these little things and the kids will respond, stimulus response the way they're supposed to. But of course, all they're doing is just increasing the amount of stress that the children live under every single day. Yes. There's the very first scene, which I was watching you watching it because you were like, I don't understand what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Where we're just focusing on um, Mary Tassoni, who plays the younger daughter, and she's explaining this game that she wants to play where they're all going to hold their fingers under hot water and whoever gets burned first. And the whole time, and this is, um, it's a great performance by her. There's something that Lanthimos says is that he doesn't like working with actors. Okay. And I'm like, well, good job getting Colin Farrell, Olivia Coleman, and and, uh, Nicole Kidman uh, to work with you. But because he thinks, you know, and I agree with him, you can cast somebody to the role that they are suited to play. And so he got uh, Mary Tassoni, this um, singer who was a part of the sort of group that he was a part of, you know, um, in Greece, Mm -hmm. to play this younger character. And for somebody who is not a professional actress, she does an amazing job because she is so terrified and so hesitant to get this game that she's just created. Yeah. But it's like she's describing this game to them. But all they just say is like, what do we call the game? And she doesn't immediately have a response. Mm -hmm. And she looks like, I don't know what's going to happen now. Like, I don't have a name for this game. What's the game called? Right. So immediately they're like, these kids live, every single day for them is just terror. Yeah. Forget the little kitten outside that's going to kill them. I know, right? (laughs) Maybe a plane's going to fall on their head. Yeah, I know. So anyway, I love this film. And for me, it was the beginning of a love affair with this guy. Right. Um, The one thing I'll say is that is you you see, so we didn't even get to the thing that I thought we were going to get to, which is the dad realizes that, and it's a very, you know, his daughters don't have problems too, but that his son is going to need to have sex with something, right? Yeah. Because he's going to have these urges. Right. So he has this plan where he hires a security guard from the factory that he works at to come home with them. Well, that's the, that's dumb. I know. Yeah. She's, is the snake in the garden. She sort of gets them off thinking things they shouldn't. And then that Mm -hmm. leads to the dissolution of the entire thing. That's true. Without spoiling anything. But in his interactions with her, we already see what I call this sort of Lanthimosian effect. Um, before him, before Yogos Lanthimos, it was called a Brechtian effect. Sure. This alienation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a perfect example, and we'll get there one day in the movie Killing of a Sacred Deer, where Colin Farrell, our titular main character hero of this film, is having a conversation with a coworker about his watch. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, did you get your new watch? Yes, I did. It's a diving watch. I like your watch. Thank you. It's water resistant to 200 meters. Can you take it past 200 meters? 
I don't know. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> that's in his nor- quote unquote normal films. There are no kids being held in a compound. Right. And so th- it's almost a little too much weird. It's like a weird sandwich with weird sauce on the side and weird fries. Mm-hmm. Because the family's weird, but then also clearly the regular world is weird and right. Anthemos. And mm-hmm. then later on you go, yeah, but people get turned into lobsters like in the lobster. It's like, yeah, but I don't know. For some reason, you can accept one thing. Right. Being introduced to this man and the way he creates films. And then also, here's the weirdest film. Because this is the weirdest film that I've seen that he's made. Okay. Um, so far. It's almost a little too much weird. You wonder. There's nothing yeah. to hold on to. No. And one of the cool things about his movies and the, his dialogue is that you get used to it. Sure. At first, you're like, two minutes in, you're like, what is wrong with Colin Farrell? Did he get hit in the head or something? <laughs> but then, as the scenes go on, you accept that as your baseline reality. Kind sure. of like watching a Shakespeare play. The first couple scenes, you're like, forthwith and thee and thou and sure. forsooth. And then a few scenes in, you're like, yeah, I get it. Okay, sure. So it's like that. You never feel totally centered in this film. And maybe that's... Maybe you need that in order to heighten the the terror and the tension. I mean... If, in a movie that is described as a comedy. Right. Do you there think, is, is are, it funny? There are parts that are funny, but there are parts where it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, and I think the dad does everything he can to perpetuate that. I mean, he comes home at one point and has like several fish in a bag full of water and he just drops them off in the pool and waits for his kids to notice. Yeah. And then he comes back with the harpoon gun. Yeah. Why does he have a harpoon gun? In case he has fish in the pool? Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind. This is, in a, this is, I don't know, it's an hour and 45 minutes, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Right. It's not super long. Um, that's the kind of thing that would get cut if a Hollywood studio was in charge of this film. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's just a little thing where, yeah, is it another example of him constantly throwing things at these kids to keep them off their feet? I think it is. Is it also his opportunity to show them that he is the protector? I you think you're I mean? also right about that. Because it's like your dog... When the mailman comes to your door and your dog goes crazy, it's not that your dog is going to tear the mailman's throat out. He's telling you, his master, hey, hey, I see something. Yeah. Hey, I'm, do, am I doing a good job? I see something. Are you going to do something about this? Are you going to talk to this guy? Are you going to punch him? What's going to go on? You know, right. That's, so, like, he does the same thing with the fish. He's like, oh, let's put some fish in there. And then his kid's like, oh, my God, fish. And he's like, oh, fish. Great. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll have to take care of this. Right. And then he gets his sea hunt goggles in his in his in his harpoon gun out I know. he's like i'm gonna get these fish and then they get to eat the fish right so it all works out oh man would you recommend this i i would it's bizarre and um violent and funny um and it just and it's an odd movie but i i enjoyed it at the same time um so yeah i would recommend this okay would you recommend it <laughs> I'm doing it on my show. <laughs> Kinodontis. Okay. Originally, they were going to do it as science fiction. Really? They were going to, because it's, you know, you're asking somebody to believe something here. Yes. And so he had toyed with the idea of somehow it being in an indeterminate, I mean, they still didn't have a budget, but like an indeterminate future. But then he decided, no, I don't want excuses as to why it's weird. I just want it to be weird. And a great filmmaker's career was saved with that decision. Yeah. Because if he had 
shrunk from his artistic instincts and compromised, mm-hmm. he would just be making okay science fiction movies from here no, on out. But instead right. he went, well, I want it to be, I want the audience to go, what the hell's going on here? Right. And, and the favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Countdown to the favorite. Coming out the 28th. So yeah, Dogtooth. Check it out. Yo, Vanilla, kick it one time, boy. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Well, I hope that fun will tide you over through this discussion of what's going on at DC, Uh, specifically uh, talking about Justice League. I Mm -hmm. wanted to focus on Justice League. We talk about the Marvel, (laughs) whoops, uh, DC uh, slew of characters a lot on the show. We've talked about um, my favorite and I think your favorite cartoon, Uh, maybe Sailor Moon. Uh, is neck and neck, but the Justice League cartoon. I love the Justice League cartoon. And how right they get it mm-hmm. and how they make it seem so effortless, like it would be impossible yeah. to screw up. Mm-hmm. And then every single live action DC thing that's ever been done ever. Except, yeah. for, Except for maybe the Chris Nolan movies. Yeah, I would argue that. And that one uh, Justice League special. That was like a comedy special. No, oh. <laughs> not that one. Uh, I'm Black Lightning. Um, so Justice League. Yes. Over $350 million, I think, mm-hmm. put into it. Uh, very famously, pretty much shot from the ground up uh, once they were having problems. You have to wonder about the timing. I think it was already, don't you think it was already kind of underway before Snyder announced that he was leaving? I think the creative yeah. cracks were there. Before I think he so. decided to um, deal with I mean, his tragic thing that happened, they they've been trying to get this off the ground since like they were talking about it back in two thousand seven, and completely changed from the original plan. I mean, it was going to yeah. be two parts. Mm-hmm. Um, the original cut I was uh, read in a thing the other day was three hours long, and wow. that's not a rumor. That's they have to send solicitations out to theater companies. You know, when you're going to sell a movie to a chain, you say. Here's how long it is so you mm-hmm. can make decisions. And they told everybody it was three hours. This movie comes in at 200001. Wow. Like it is exactly two hours. two hours. Nothing ends up two hours, especially when it was previously three. So that means that somebody came in. That's <laughs> so one of the bosses came in to the regular editor and said, get up. Yep. What? Just get up. Right. Walk out of the room. And as he's walking out of the room, he passes a guy in a hockey mask with a machete. And that's the guy who's going to finish the cut on this thing. And it's going to be two hours. Yeah. So who knows what was lost? Yeah. And I'm sure there's deleted scenes on the on the Blu-ray or whatever. But right. who knows what this was supposed to look like before. That's kind of too bad. I mean, I don't want to see a three-hour no, Justice League movie. Um, I felt like it was plenty long enough. Um and it was they put they put it on pause to do the to give space to the Batman movie. The yeah. Batman movie was supposed to come out in between parts one and two right. of Justice League. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what kind of plan is that? Right. I think the original plan was that Superman was barely in it. I think that he was to be resurrected like at the end of part one. Sure. Then he's around for part two, mm-hmm. and they take on CGI mashed potato face guy. Sure. Do people? Do, what happens in the movie? People know, but just tell. Um, well, you're good at that. Um, well, thank you. First of all, a guy tried. Second yeah. of all, 
No, like just generally, what happens? Um, oh, what is the bad guy's name? I'm blanking on his name <laughs> right now. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Thank you. Um, Steppenwolf comes to Earth and he's looking for the mother boxes. There are three boxes called mother boxes, and they have some scientific. Because you can't call them MacGuffins. No. And, like, you get them all together, and then they create, like, a hellscape. Like, what is his home planet? Is Zack Snyder obsessed with terraforming? Zod wanted to terraform Earth. I think Earth. he is. Steppenwolf wants to terraform Earth. Yep. I'm going to go, uh, sucker punch there. No, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the gist of the bad terraforming guy's plan. Terraforming Earth is DC's Marvel Blue Laser. Right. Ding. Um, I got it. What poster of that is it? does that go on? I don't know. Um, and in the meantime, Batman and then uh, Wonder Woman um, realize we got to get some superheroes together to fight this guy. So, question. Uh, yes. Why? Because he's a threat to humankind. Right. But, it, well, it didn't go well for Superman, but Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman took out Doomsday pretty good. Yeah. So. They haven't seen this guy. They no. don't know him. No. I can't even remember the first time in the film that they actually meet. I think it's when they fight him in the tower in or whatever. The, uh, tower they don't know how powerful thing. he is. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a missing scene where there's a, some kind of like talk between the Amazons and Diana and not just light the fire. And then suddenly Diana's like, she knows we better get over to the thing. Yeah. Because they don't know how powerful this guy is. Mm -hmm. Immediately, Batman's like, we're going to get everybody together. We're going to do this. Yep. Why? Shouldn't there be a scene where you get your ass handed to you and then from a hospital bed, you're like, we should get a team together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would they think. just do it because the movie's called Justice League. Yeah. And uh, so Batman tries to recruit Aquaman and doesn't really succeed, but then he recruits Barry Allen, who's the Flash. Wonder Woman goes to talk to Victor Stone, who's Cyborg. He's not super excited to join, but then his dad gets kidnapped, so then he shows up. Um, right. So, yeah, and then Aquaman eventually joins as well because um, Steppenwolf takes the mother box from Atlantis. So, yeah. Um, so then he shows up. Yeah, they're, none of the MacGuffins are guarded well at all. No. I mean, I guess the Amazons mm -mm. do their best, but yeah. <laughs> they do, but their bad. best is not good enough. Gosh dang it. Um, yeah. And things continue from there. And honestly, I mean, we've talked about this film on the show before. Yep. I mean, we don't have to go through too much here, but what what works? Um, I think Wonder Woman works. I think... Um, the flash being like the sense of humor works. Um, I think uh, Victor Stone kind of being made from the same things as the mother box as like. He, yeah, well, he should have been the, the central character. Like no, it's really I, I know disagree. that the flash shows up in Suicide Squad, but he's sort of introduced in this film. Mm -hmm. But it's really like Victor's origin movie. Yeah. And he's directly tied to what the problem is. Mm -hmm. So in the same way that like age of Ultron is about Ultron, right. but also it's about, Oh, it's okay. The Scarlet witch and Quicksilver and we're going to see what their thing is. And, they and then also later vision. Slow, yeah. Right. So they introduced a lot of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, is that we're just, it, you know, I, 
I think that um, Ray Fisher does a good job. Yep. Um, I like the character Cyborg, period. I'm not super hot on his design, but I like the idea that it's something that we can understand because he's basically like Cyborg Iron Man, right? Right. So your audience will already understand that. We've been watching Iron Man movies all this time. Mm-hmm. So you think you can do a lot with that. You've got Joe Morton plays his dad. The best actor in this film has like four lines. Yeah. Is there more? Does the Snyder Cut have more <laughs> for Cyborg? Because I think Cyborg gets shortchanged. I think he does too. And I think that pursuing it from that angle where he is, like you said, the guy who is the closest thing to this MacGuffin the movie just doesn't care. It's like, you get it, it's a MacGuffin. And then also, you get it that yeah. Mr. MacGuffin, a.k.a. Vic Stone, has some connection. So he'll figure it out, you know? Right. It's just dumb. Though, I, I have to I say... I think the scene where Diana goes in her leather pants to yes. uh, get him in the... Get, uh, like, that's got to be a reshoot scene, right? You think so? Yeah, there's some yeah. other way. Because otherwise, why does he stalk them at, at, the, the, at the lake house the or lake. whatever? That, that made no sense yeah. to me. And... She says later, "Oh, I would have if I would have wanted to attack you, I would have done it at the lake." Yeah, whatever. I think that's Who cares? a that's a reshoot too. Yeah. What happens in your movie? Um, one of the guys talks to a lady on a computer, <laughs> and it's not like why doesn't he show that he can get con- total control of the Batcave systems? And he creates like a we know that there's a holographic projector in the Batcave, or at right. least we would if that scene had made it into the movie from the trailer. And he could have a holographic uh, projection of himself, you know. Instead, no, it's just a matrix. The, the matrix has you follow the white rabbit. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's just white text on a black computer yeah. screen. It doesn't show his tech savvy at all. They they uh. just they threw away millions millions of, of dollars of, of footage, didn't they? I think they did. Um, I think it's too bad too. Um, I think you know having Aquaman be like the tough guy and all this stuff. It, for the most part, it works. Um, I don't. I don't like how he tries to bro it up with Cyborg. I'm not a fan of that. Um, no. Um, no. I think it's a little insensitive. I thought Barry and Vic um, were. Oh, well, who cares? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I thought Barry and Vic were like the sort of standout sort of couple. They they were. Because you don't have. Because it, it would be Hal and Barry would be the friends in the Justice League. Yeah. But you don't have Hal, so no. it's Barry and Vic instead. Right. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Although, you want to talk about cultural insensitivity, you can't have your cultural cake and eat it too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. He's like, fist bump? Oh, no, we're not there yet? That's the joke. Yes. N- and then don't. here's the tag. I guess that's racially charged. What? D- don't do that. Don't. Just don't do just that. Just don't. Yeah. You're already digging up Superman's grave. You're already doing something Plus, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> are we standing in Superman's grave? I think yeah, we are. I think we are. Um, yeah, plus later on, you're going to have Jason Momoa be like, my man, and I nobody know. says anything. I know. But if they're, all on, if they're all on Avengers uh, no earpiece comm systems, then you sure. could have Barry be like, okay, he gets to do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, keep the joke going then. Right. Oh, that's okay? Yeah. Well, you're all right with that. Um. They they barely, but they do touch upon Barry needing to eat all the time. So we see him carrying a pizza box and eating out of it, and then him later saying that he's hungry. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was good. If, look, if they want to do, I'm so sad that we're never getting this Flash movie because if they want to do Ezra Miller and Billy Crudup as his dad, if they yeah. just want to do a film version of the TV show, 
Like, yeah. I'm there. Absolutely. But I don't think we're ever going to get it. It's just too bad. Um, I think Ezra Miller did a really good job. Um, Talk about mashed potato face. Mashed potato face. Okay. Well, Steppenwolf is not my favorite CGI bad guy. I, I don't think they did a super amazing job with it. I mean, it's it's okay. Play the prequel game. T- t- tell me Tell me about Superman without describing how he looks. Oh, boy. Um, he's from the planet Krypton. He wears... Nope, I can't tell about what he wears. Um, okay, I meant pick the wrong character in this franchise. Oh. Tell me about Christopher Reeve's Superman. Um, he's from the planet Krypton. He's strong. He um, works at the Daily Planet. You're bad at this. Am I bad at this? Yes. Oh, sorry. He's polite. He's firm but fair. He loves Lois Lane. He protects her. Okay. He right. catches a bullet in his hand. Yeah. A lot of things. Yes. Tell me about Steppenwolf. He works for Darkseid. Um, we never see Darkseid. I know. Why don't they show Darkseid? I don't know. And it actually really irritates me. Don't get me. off the subject. Um, <laughs> he's from another world. He wants to terraform this world to be like his world. He's after the mother boxes. He carries an axe. Um, he yells at his parademons a lot. Uh, this doesn't seem like a rounded character. No, it's not. Um, and I think that that's what it is. he's not fully realized. <laughs> Um, that's your poster quote. <laughs> uh, the movie's called The Understatement of the Year. Yeah, okay. And there's a spoiler on the poster. He's not fully realized. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, t- t- they spent $350 million. Yeah. And that was what they were going with. Yeah. Now, I don't know what was lost in changes or cuts, but I don't see... Unless there's a scene where he pulls a parademon aside and says, take off your goggles for a second. I'm going to talk to you about right. about apocalypse. There wasn't th- That was what they were going with. There was nothing there. Like, I'm not going to praise Man of Steel, but I will say that I understand Zod's motivations a little more yep. than just... And they the way they covered it over is they made him a zealot. So I'm trying to think about like the character and the... The New Gods are weird uh, in the comics, but... Basically, like, he doesn't have any motivations, so let's just make him fanatically uh, dedicated to this. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, the mother box. Yes. You're, the mother will spread holy fear. Oh, we get that. We don't have to know why he does this or what he thinks about having to do this. And we get one little thing where, you know, fear is the kind of weak thread of an element that kind of goes through this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that, like, our heroes have to deal with. We just hear at the beginning that the parademons are fear, which is a Joss Whedon thing. I think Whedon put this in ex post facto. Okay. And then there's a line that's delivered off camera, so it could be something that was added later about how he tried to invade Earth and the gods. and I mean, make that movie. Right. (laughs) The Olympian gods team up with the Amazons and also cavemen and the Green Lantern Corps to fight an alien army. Like... Let's just watch that movie. Right. But so like he there was the first time that he had known defeat, you know, so maybe that was like the kernel of fear. And then the Justice League bring that home by 
defeating him again mm-hmm. and now he's afraid and his parademons are like oh that's that sounds good yeah we're Let's gonna eat, eat him alive but he'll be back yeah if probably. there's ever another movie well what i don't understand is but that's pretty weak yeah that isn't you know i mean look you he wants to rule people i guess but right but that's but that's continues off of this whole thing where he wants respect and he's going to do whatever he has to do and that, that was in thor and that was in thor the dark world and that's right. we you know so sorry go ahead I just don't understand why they, I don't, I don't, I think he should look better than he does. I, I, I think that Thanos for being an all CGI I hear character this a lot. is better yeah. looking than I, Steppenwolf. I hear this a lot. I don't think that the CGI is bad necessarily. In fact, that's the one thing that they can control. Like they right. spent hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. I think that he, there's times that the Thanos doesn't look all that great. You know? I suppose. Um, he's not as good as Thanos. I think that part looks fine. I just, the problem is the design is horrible. He's like gray. He's and then very gray. His armor and his face are both kind of knobbly and textured. Yeah. But I don't get a sense of what Apocalypse looks like. Right. You know, based on him. Right. Like you see, um, like the Chitari and their technology and their uniforms, and you kind of can guess as to like what their planet looks like or something like that mm-hmm. or you see thanos and then you see like his soldiers or whatever and they look kind of like he does and like that you get a, a suggestion of design but like what does apocalypse is it just like a giger sort of nightmare like is it right. all just knobbly and weird and resiny and what are you going dark for? yeah and, and ashen and the parademons look ridiculous yeah they look like just you know you've got like a halloween fright mask and then goggles on right just dumb yeah no i agree um i i don't know i think that they could have designed him better um which is i guess what we're talking about there's they must have teams of designers who have no telephones that connect them (laughs) they're not using slack right just designing things and somebody's paying for them Mm -hmm. and nobody knows what it's for because you've got that We've forgotten that entire sequence in Batman versus Superman, that the the, the dream sequence, mm-hmm. where Batman is yes. like Batman shooting, uses a gun. shooting people, shooting uh, parademons, you know, on Earth, and it's like a dream or like an alternate reality or whatever. Is that ever going to come into play? What was that? I I don't know. <laughs> and then that seemed pretty bad. Yeah. So did they avoid that by this? And Lois is the key. Uh, yeah, I guess Lois is the key. But she's the key because she's she's a big gun. Once again, this is worse than Holdo. Yeah. Batman, just tell everybody what your plan is. Yeah, no kidding. In fact, why have four angry-looking metahumans stand in front of him? Why not just immediately bring Lois out? Exactly. And go, oh, Clark, you're alive. Yay. Exactly. Here's your, here's your girlfriend. Instead, we have to have him give Flash the side eye. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super side eye. Yep. So it doesn't work. No. None of it works. It's barely recognizable as the Justice League. When Justice League works, what works about it? Um, I think what works about Justice League when it works is everybody's using their individual power and they're working together as a team. Okay. Um, I think Batman is being a detective. He's letting people know what's going on when he feels like he needs help. Um, I think Superman <laughs> is like, because I mean, he's Batman a, needs help. I know. I know. You mean like when the Batwing blows up and he's falling to the ground? Right, exactly. Dire straits. I could use some a pickup. Yeah, exactly. Because I can't fly <laughs> at all. 
Diana, if you could swim by in your jet, now would be a great time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, you know, um, Superman using his laser eyes and like. <laughs> Don't please. <laughs> We've had enough laser eyes. All right. For two lifetimes. Okay. All right. But, um, you know, I, I think when they work together as a team and they try to figure out, okay, how do we defeat this alien race? Or yeah. um, Well, I mean, and what you're talking about is you're just talking about how a group superhero movie works. Yes. That's the Avengers. Yes. Hawkeye shoots a, an arrow. Yeah. And that's what he does. Black Widow punches and shoots people. Yeah. But also she's, you know, when Tony's shooting missiles she's the de facto strategist mind of the team and so she figures out she can take one of these gliders and she can go up and get to the source of the problem instead of just fighting things in the streets right yeah right but like what makes the justice league the justice league like why do we need a justice league movie period um well I think they... <laughs> the fact that you don't they, immediately have an answer well, is not great. What they wanted to do is they want to do what Marvel has done. They no, want no, to I understand. have what Marvel yep, has. Yep, yep. You, you are not... What you're failing to do is to think about... And I, I don't... This is a blanket term. It gets used too much. But thematically, I want to understand why this... What sets this apart. Do you know what I mean? Spawn is a guy who fights demons or whatever. Right. Uh, Superman is a guy who is there to protect truth, justice, and the UN way. Right. (laughs) Or whatever. Right. Uh, And he's somebody who upholds ideals, you know, and is a protector. So if you take all of these characters together, yes, they're all going to use their individual abilities to fight something, but... What makes them different? Why is the Justice League different than anything else? Oh, boy. Because um, if they're not, I think we should save $350 million next time. Well, I think they um, I think they can stand for, for hope and um, for... Um, for being like a beacon and... Um, you know, for for fighting for the little guys who who can't fight for who themselves. get their oranges kicked over. What? Yes, exactly. This it, the whole thing. The whole movie sets up this thing where it's like, oh, Earth is a crap hole now that Superman's dead. Yeah. And apparently, if Superman was still alive, this guy wouldn't kick these oranges over. Apparently. And that guy would have tried and succeeded. Right. And then it just drops that. Yeah. Like it, Superman comes back. It affects his fiance and his mom yes. and also his team because he's the deciding factor in the fight. Yeah. But we don't see him return to like crowds of like loving fans and people. You know, That's there's real there's Lois. They do another, you know, Lois is going to write a crappy article and I'm sorry, but it's crappy. Just get whoever's writing these things. Get the best person who could write a fake Pulitzer Prize winning article. Do you, yes. know, do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like when you have... <laughs> It's like when you have a joke in a movie. Here's my rule. If you have a joke in a movie that, that the characters in the movie laugh at, it better be a super great joke. Yes. Otherwise, they look stupid laughing at a dumb joke. Yeah. They always do this where characters are like in a situation and they barely get out of it. And then like 
they can't believe that they're still alive and not filled with bullets or whatever. And one of them goes, oh, some of them or something. And they're like, <laughs> and they're releasing tension. But it's like, make that line funny, though. Right. Exactly. Give them a reason to, to break that tension. To actually. Yeah. yeah and then laugh. Superman, like, we get it. He's back. He opens his shirt. He's Superman. And that's all we get. Yeah, we don't see him coming back to work at the Daily Planet. Well, who, have we, a little, maybe yeah, a little well, bit, it's implied. Really. Yeah, but, but I mean, how does that change the world? Did the guy, does he try again? <laughs> does the skinhead come back and put Good the oranges question. back in the crate? Right. You set all this up. They didn't They didn't return that at all. My, I, I, I don't know. I didn't have a point. I really was trying to get you to <laughs> come up with one. But I think my point is they don't stand for anything. This does have, This has no reason to exist. This, this is worthless. I want them to stand for something. I I want to root for them. I, you know. um, They are the strongest heroes in their universe. Yes. When you've got a problem that Superman can't take on an entire army of white Martians. Right. Um, Or maybe he can. But he won't be able to save everybody, you know, while it's all going on. Right. Or Darkseid and his parademons are going to attack. We're going to need everybody we've got. Yeah. Um, we watched the first episode of Justice League. Yes. Uh, which is one of three. The but we watched series. the first one. Yeah. And yep. then we watched the last episode of Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. And they they deal with, respectively, um, White Martian Invasion and Apocalypse or Darkseid returning to Earth. Yes. And in one, you have um, a bunch of heroes who are all strong, but think that they can go in on their own and they realize they can't. And then in the last one, you have a bunch of heroes who, through their inspiration, through their example, have brought to them an army of like-minded individuals who are all willing to sacrifice themselves for the common good right. to defend the earth. Right. Even the bad guys. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. None of that's anywhere in this. Yeah. It's just a bunch of cartoon cartoons, uh, computer cartoons punching each other. Yeah. And it is the very cliche of what people complain about when they talk about, you know, bad superhero films. Three hundred and fifty million dollars. The question is, where did it all go? Um, No, we know where it went. It went to reshoots. It went to sets. It went to computers. We know where it went. The question is, why did they spend all of that? And had nothing yeah. to go off of. I don't. I don't know. I wish they had a stronger story. Um, it's an Academy Award-winning author wrote the wrote the story. Yeah, I just. I I don't feel like it's strong enough. Um, and like, bringing Superman back was like a huge part of it, which is fine. But I don't know. Make it. Make it have more weight or, you know, like just thematically. Um, Doesn't matter how much weight. He can lift it. (laughs) Superman. Um, Have him not be creepy. How about that? Yeah, that too. Um, And I agree with what you said. Bring Lois out sooner so she's not. So he's not like kicking people and like. That's just a story point, though. This is a story point. We got to see our heroes fight each other because the villains are never any good. Right. And even when you get some villains that are okay. Do you still have that problem like Marvel, you know, with with Infinity War? It's you've got the Black Order or whatever. They're supposed to be like these, right. you know, hot shots that work for Thanos. Mm-hmm. And you get a quick little fight scene here and there. <laughs> and and it's still not. No, it's better when Captain Marvel or Captain America punches Iron Man. That's what we want. Like, right. What? I know. It's just mashing your toys together. I guess. 
So I just, it's just soulless. I mean, that's the problem. And it's not like DC invented being soulless. I mean, you can do that in Marvel too, but I just don't know why there is no spirit there. I mean, I, I absolutely do know why, because Zack Snyder's not cut out for this. Right. Um, And more than just say like a, oh, and Alex Kurtzman, like not having any good ideas He's got bad ideas. Right. Like he took Superman, a character who is literally a man who can do anything he wants and isn't even from here. Right. And he will do anything to protect Earth. Mm-hmm. And in Man of Steel, in the Man of Steel universe, he's just a guy who we're lucky he decided to show up today. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You got Kevin Costner telling him, Ah, screw it. Don't help anybody. Why should you? I know. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> if a lot of people would use their time machine to go after Hitler... Yeah. Ayn Rand better watch out. <laughs> if I decouple the flex capacitor from my Zoom, and it's not on my Zoom. I wish it was on my Zoom. Yeah. It's on my Zoom. But anyway, if I put it on my car, she better watch out. Yeah. Um... Because it's going to be a fountainhead of blood coming out of her. And then I'll shrug. Oh, my God. No. See all that? Yeah, I got it all. Um, Um, Final thoughts? Do you think this is like a dark timeline like Justice League? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, if they had commit, like, I don't like dark timeline stuff, but they always do it. You know, Marvel Ultimate Universe um, Injustice is still pretty popular. But if you want to make Injustice, just make Injustice. Right. I think you... If you steer into it, it would have been better. And you probably could have done a pretty good Injustice movie. And I was looking at other things, too. Um, just, the, you know, their premise is the world and the Justice League need Superman. Now, right. I think they failed to tell us why. But I was looking at other stories where we lack that, like Injustice, where Superman is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Or some of the Elseworlds, like Red Sun. Or um, there's a story called, a uh, three-issue miniseries called The Nail. Um, by Alan Davis um, that is basically the idea is there's no Superman like the Justice League has formed it's a world like ours but Superman is not a member of it um, because it's like the poem you know for want of a nail uh, so like what if the Kents got a flat tire Mm -hmm. you know when they're headed to Smallville or whatever and so they didn't see Superman's rocket land and so there's no Superman okay Uh, there is he shows up later but it's not very good. <laughs> Don't run out and read it because Alan right. Davis is an amazing artist. Um, his writing's fine. It's not great. Okay. Um, but again, maybe he Superman and his ideas are what we're talking about here. Aquaman is about ruling the sea. Batman is about scaring criminals, right. you know, to not crime. But when we join the Justice League, what we're doing is defending the Earth. Mm-hmm. We are protecting it in a way that is Superman's mission all the time. It, it, it all becomes, we co-op Superman's mission, and that becomes what we're doing. Right. So you can't have the Justice League without Superman. I know. Keith Giffen wants to talk to me. I know. I know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying these stories that you find are never as good as the Justice League cartoon right? as the Jim Kruger Justice series, which mm-hmm. we probably should have read for this show, but we'll read someday. Um, just the stories that define the Justice League. Right. You know, you've got to have Superman there. 
you've got to have them trying to defend the earth mm -hmm. because that's what they do. Right. And it, I think it doesn't have to be as complicated as I'm suggesting. Well, I think also, I don't, I'm not a huge fan, although maybe it was necessary. I don't know. Like Batman kind of shames Diana. Like, where were you? You should have been like a beacon of hope, like Superman. You kind of hid away for like a hundred or so years. Except apparently she showed up in the eighties. Right. They got to be careful. They do. They're not leaving their, their selves anywhere to go. No, they aren't. But yeah, yeah. Um, That's fine. Yeah. At least there's some banter. I mean, at least there's some. They are referring to the characters' backstories. They are, of course, that's, they're the only two characters that can do that because Aquaman and Flash haven't had their movies yet. Right. And Cyborg's probably never going to get his movie. So what I didn't like was I feel like a lot of that stuff was probably reshoots because there is this room that is somewhere in the Batcave, mm -hmm. I guess. Right. It's the room with like the cedar paneling where a lot of those scenes take place. Yeah. So like where Batman is like, ah, oh, my arm hurts. Give me some whiskey. Suddenly right. that's like, it's the talk room. Or right. like Batman's like, got to get that Superman. And, you know, Alfred's like, well, you know, I mean, you did have him killed. The know, room right? with the samurai suits in it. Right. Yeah. Because that's, we got to put something in here. Yeah. Remember exactly. in 1989 Batman where he had the room with the King of the Whipper, Wicker People outfit? Let's do that because oh we gosh. don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, weak. I could. This week. I know. I could see Batman collecting samurai armor, but I don't know. But this is 20 years later, Batman. Yeah, I know. This is Dead Robin, Batman. This is F Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At this point, this is basically Dark Knight Returns. That's something else. If you want to do Dark Knight Returns, just do Dark Knight Returns. Don't right. do Batman versus Superman. I know. And Todd Phillips can direct it. I don't care. But this is a Batman who the house is burned down. Like, why would he keep all this crap? This is a guy who is just, he's literally just doing this. Mm -hmm. And then he's, I guess, picking up chicks during the day and bringing them back to the house. Right? I guess. You, you think everything would be stripped away. Like, he's literally just branding criminals so they'll get killed in prison and his job will be done for him. Right. But I just kind of made up all of that. Like, I don't know if that's all intended or or what like they just don't right. have any vision for this well the the guy in the beginning the guy from mindhunter does he actually like capture him or does he just freak him out a little bit i don't first of all always great to see holt mccallany i love him yeah um he probably got real excited when he got a call from probably. warner brothers <laughs> but it didn't turn out to be much and i i, I think that he's just a, it'd be that should have been somebody that should have been one of his rogues gallery, you yes. know, one of the lesser ones. Mm -hmm. But instead, I think he's just a petty thief. Yeah. And Batman was like, yeah, I guess I stop petty thieves. But tonight I've got a, a more important thing, which is I've got to find somebody who's afraid so I can get this thing to come in. Right. Because I'm the Batman. I'm not afraid. Right. And he noticed that they were attracted to fear. Gee, somehow he knows that. Yeah. And also they are attracted to the sound of the police. Apparently. The sound of the beast. Yeah. <laughs> what? And, and when they die, <gasps> they leave a mark of three boxes. Yep, they they uh, have a expository stain when they die. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's some kind of boxes. What do you think are in them? Money, power. <laughs> what? I know. He has no idea. Oh yes, mother. Once I find all the boxes, we'll have three million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the beast. Whoop, whoop.
So I don't know what we accomplished, but we accomplished more than they did. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the future. Yeah. Think about it, Eckhart. Where, where do you see it going? I. What if they just said, okay, all right, all right. Uh, everyone report to the exchequer uh, to get your uh, walking papers and your, uh, and your severance, and we'll just, let's just start over. Yeah. Where do they, what do they do? Where do they go? How do you start over? Um, well, I think you recast Batman and Superman to begin with. Um, and then, Well, you'll have to. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't really... I mean, they're going to... They can't plan their exit. They're going to have to cobble together an exit. Yes. But how do you do that? Um, I think maybe you just pretend like they're the same people. Um, you don't think so? Um, here's my pitch. Okay. I guess I was asking you, so you'd ask me. You 52 it. Oh, that's a good point. You 52. Well, you do that, but I'm saying 52, the Grant Morrison series. You introduce Booster Gold. You introduce uh, The Question. Mm -hmm. And you introduce uh, Ralph Dibney. And you have these three characters. And you, you and don't hire, for, or, or you do. Maybe you go, um, well, they are using Walking Phoenix. But you go like, wow, I can't believe so-and-so's in this. Mm -hmm. They're going to be in a superhero movie. Kind of. What if they're a superhero that can stretch, but really they're a detective and they only stretch once in a while? Right. You know, or what if, wow, I didn't think Jessica Chastain would wear a mask that gives her no facial features, <laughs> you know? Right. And you have them be the center of this. You can, and you don't even need Cavill. You use clips from previous movies and you just kind of insert them. And they're going through and they're uncovering this thing that's like, I don't understand. Something is going wrong in the universe. Something is happening. You're already going to have a Shazam movie. That's one we didn't talk about. Oh, you're right. So we've got Savannah and presumably Mr. Mind. So you could have that part of it. Mm -hmm. And you introduce this thing that starts off as this like weird Guardians of the Galaxy, who are these guys kind of thing mm -hmm. that ends in this event that is going to erase the universe, you know, and then you get whoever's left, Cyborg or whoever's left of the actors you've got to intervene and change things. But the world is different now. Okay. So we saved it, but what, what did we save exactly? Right. And then you can, boom, Superman, Batman, doom, do all your solo movies yeah. with your new actors, your new setup, your new world. The sun actually shines in this world. People may bleed, right. but, you know, only, right. only once in a while. And right. Yeah. No, I think that's a good idea. What was um, your idea? I don't really have an idea. Get um, new actors. <laughs> I yeah I know have a get point. new actors have a point have a reason why they're all getting together yeah um and don't have it just to compete with the other guys you know <laughs> well to, to compete with Marvel I don't think you can you can't take that away that'll always be I, there I that's why they're doing this I know but don't hodgepodge it together like actually work on getting something that makes sense. Um, and like having an enemy that like has actual motivations. Lord. What? Have an enemy who's a friend. Sure. Have um, the Superman one. What the hell? Do a Superboy movie. Sure. And have Lex Luthor be like a friend. 
sure. you know, until he's not. At until the end he of the isn't movie. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do a Maxwell Lord. Have somebody who's like, I'm going to help you guys out. And then we find out that he's really wants something else. And then right. he becomes like, yeah. Do, or, do like, that. or like the um, Green Hornet and like Spider Man movies. Green Goblin? Green Goblin. That's yeah. what I meant. Rip off Spider Man. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good idea. Um, God knows if it'll happen, but if it ever does, yeah. you can hear it here first. That's right. Uh, and the way to hear it is by subscribing to us on Facebook and Twitter, where we give you updates and we report all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. Also, getting our show on various streaming platforms, mm-hmm. the Facebooks. Well, I guess we're on Facebook technically. But, you know, the Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcasts, the Stitcher. Uh, we're on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. I guess I wouldn't recommend it because it really the numbers and the subscribing and all that good stuff helps us on those uh, platforms. But if you do want to just listen to the show on YouTube, we are definitely there. Search for Just Enough Trope and you get our channel there on YouTube. Subscribe. Smash that like, guys. That's right. Always wanted to say that. (laughs) Do that on YouTube. Uh, Subscribe. When you're on those platforms, leave us a review because it's important to us to hear from you how we're doing, what you'd like us to talk about in the future. It's going to be something like this. Don't say Henry James. I'd love to talk about Turn of the Screw on this show, but I think that's outside of our mandate. Probably. It's got ghosts. <laughs> that's kind of a genre thing. All right, we're going to set it up. Henry James in the future. Okay. But we could do something like that if you said that. So we definitely want to hear from you on social media. And give us a rating. It's really the most important part. Because mm-hmm. when we get a high rating from you, we move up in the ranks on these, uh, on these uh, platforms. We can reach more people. And it's just everybody gets exactly what they want. Right. So give us five great premises for post Man of Steel universe DC films. Ooh, there you go. I want to hear your premises. Let us know on social media. Give me something. Mm-hmm. Do we do another Batman origin movie? Right. Do we do a Batman year one movie, but don't treat it like some side Todd Phillips project? Just it's a semi-period piece, and that's what we're talking about here. They had the chance to do this with Matt Reeves, and then Matt Reeves said, it's not going to be year one. It's like, why not? Yeah. You've got all kinds of things that can take things off of people's faces. You just use all the photo reference from Kevin Smith movies. Mm-hmm. Young Ben Affleck, he's going to sure. run around on a motorcycle. But now they're not doing that. So no. anyway, <laughs> um, audience, give us your premises. And also, let's say five stars instead. That sounds good. Five stars of a good Justice League film. (laughs) We'll get there someday. But how are you going to do it without Martian Manhunter? I don't know. Oh, good question. I I think they should. (laughs) Why am I not in your film? (laughs) I think they should add Martian Manhunter for sure. Yeah. Carl Emley from the Twin Cities. Sure. Um, Why not? Yeah. Um, they also kind of had Green Lantern Corps in this film just for a little bit, though. Yep. They're like, oh, screw it. I know. Why not? I know. They're which just is, testing the waters. Which is fine, but then make them the bigger part of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And also, go crazy. Put the Manhunters in there. Put yeah. um, the the uh, Zamoronians, like Star Sapphire, in there. Like, you sure. could just put, you know, establish your universe. Yes, absolutely. But we don't want to tell you how to do your job. <laughs> Except for the last hour and a half. But anyway, uh, that's it. Uh, Next week, we'll be back talking about something else. Henry James. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast.
That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast.